This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where we tackle a topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future relationship to it. Today's topic was New Year's. We hope you enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Okay, welcome back. This is the No Joke Podcast. I'm Billy Scafuri. And I am Adam Lustig. And this is episode number 54. 54, Billy. We had a guest last week, but we are back to our old solitary just ways. Just us two. Just us two gents. Yeah. We talked to our dear friend Jen Tullick all about her bizarre experience in a Christian rock band growing up. Right. Uh, Learned a lot about mega churches. We sure did. Yeah. Yeah. About how hers had a bookstore mm-hmm. uh, and a coffee shop. Yeah. And uh, many weirdos. Mega like that really is mega. She well, told us that there's thirty thousand people who go to church. Ridiculous. On thirty thousand. That's ridiculous. Just many, think of the parking. The parking must be out of control. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, your church didn't have that many people in it. I'd say fifty max. Fifty max. If the Giants were playing at one forty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but today, uh, because it is very nearly the end of 2016. Thank uh, God. Thank God. Uh, and we will usher in what hopefully will be uh, a wonderful 2017. Yes. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, but we'll talk about New Year's. New Year's. Yeah. Seems appropriate. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up in Long Island. Yes. And New Year's was always kind of like coming off the tail end of the holidays yes. and stuff like that. It was always very celebratory. Right. Um, New Year's was always kind of a very – it almost felt like shedding your skin. Yes. You know, always a big party. Yes. The older I got, um, I realized that New Year's Eve, the older you get, becomes more pressured. It yeah. becomes very pressurized yes. the, to have a the party. What are you doing for New Year's? What are you doing for New Year's plans? New Year's plans? What are you doing for New Year's? Yeah, I'd it's say like that it, it's the most socially pressurized yes. holiday of the year. I think it's because it's secular. It's like not everyone's included. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like not, well, if you're Jewish, you don't celebrate Christmas. I won't even ask. It's right. like everyone does New Year's. Right. And uh, yeah, and it feels... It's beca- born out of partying. It's born out of partying. L- the holiday is to party. Party, literally. Early two party. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I found myself, uh, at least this is the first act, and so we should talk about our histories yes. with New Year's. Previous I'll start Year's with well. mine when I was like 18 to 25. Yes. Living in New York City, there was always like this need to go to like the best party right. or do the biggest thing. Even though I'm not really a bar guy or a club guy, yes. we were buying tickets like $100 tickets to go to some club. Isn't that so weird? You just become someone else. Yes. It's like the pressure, sometimes the New Year's pressure to be social and to be at a at a uh, fun event, yes. at a fun party, right. at a sort of a sanctionedly fun party right. can turn you into someone you're not. No, yeah. immediately. So you were buying tickets to nightclubs. Yeah, have you never, I'm sure you probably haven't had to do that. I don't think Your I've, circle of friends never really were Not nightclubby, more like mock trial, dorky, running right. charades type. Art kids who are broke who will just find our own fun. Broke art kids, yeah. exactly. I decided to join that team. Yeah, yeah. I left the clubby kids and joined that team. But tell me about this nightclub experience. What? How exact, what would that feel like? <laughs> well, this is definitely, if you're from Long Island or if you're in like a major city, I yes. would say. Yeah. 
Um, on New Year's, you know, certain clubs wouldn't just open up their doors and be like, anyone can come in. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the restaurant. Every Like, special restaurants have, like, their New Year's menu. Yes, the prefix menu. This $150 get. gets you all these things. Yep. A champagne toast at midnight. Yes. No one ever gets the champagne <laughs> toast. It's like, it's Symbolic. Just, you're given all these things that you never end it's up getting. It's just a gesture. And yeah. so, this would be... You get to party for four hours, open bar, yes. of which you can almost never get to the bar because so many <laughs> other so people packed. have bought tickets. Um, yeah, it was just one of those classic get sucked into uh, a hyped party yes. thing. Now, in your DJ life, were you ever DJing these kind of New Year's parties yourself? I can't remember if I did DJ. I'm sure I, I'm sure yes. I did. I can't remember any uh, in particular, but I will say that that's one of the reasons why I enjoyed being a DJ. Huh. Many times I would like the idea and the like the spirit of parties right. and clubs, but I wouldn't necessarily want to feel like I'm one of the minions. Be just down like, on the front lines, yeah. shoulder to shoulder, smelling everyone's deodorant. Right. So it's so <laughs> right. <laughs> so, it's one way of putting yeah. it. Um, so yeah, there was something nice about being in the DJ booth at clubs and yeah, bars. above yeah. the fray. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. My circle of friends were definitely the party kids. Yeah. Um, but there was something I'd rather be doing something. Yes, but even I think even in my small town where we didn't have access to nightclubs, probably if we did, we would have gone. Yeah, is the honest to god truth. It's where we, you are social, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, and even uh, and even in my smaller, more uh, bucolic, rural upstate town, people would go to the big thing that the bad, sort of quote unquote, bad party sort of party-inclined kids in my time would do would be go to Montreal. Oh, because you could drink at 18. Exactly. Yes. So that was like a big – there was always a huge New Year's Did you ever do that? What, in, if my memory serves, one year I went with people who you know, Jesse and Brendan and the Chris's of the world up to Montreal for one New Year's, I believe. I went was one this time. between 18 and 21? No, this was uh, – Because between 18 and 21 is when you're actually getting your money's worth. Because you, you can't can drink, drink in Canada but not in the U.S. Exactly. I think for us it was even like – we might have gone like senior year of high school. I mean, there you like go. 18 on the dot okay, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, but there was like obviously a faction. Every year there was like a faction of Montreal goers. Right. That was like the version of the nightclub basically. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did Montreal for New Year's. Did once. you really? Of course, you could gamble and drink there. Yeah, it was. We just were like, nineteen and we were ready to go. Pleasure Island. Yeah, but New Year's does have that connotation of like tonight's the night. Right, it's like New Year's Eve is the party night of the year. I'm right, gonna get wasted. It is the equivalent of remember in is it Swingers where they're screaming Vegas? Exactly. It is like the pressure of that New Year. Over and over and over again. Yes, yes. Um, did you ever – I remember when yes. I was a kid, and yes. this is rewinding way beyond the teenage years to when I was a kid. Yes. New Year's, we would bang pots and pans. Oh, I don't know if I know that tradition. Make noise? Just, just generally of, make noise to usher in the New Year? Celebratory noise. Yeah. Oh, I do kind of like that. Yeah. I don't think we ever banged any pots or any pans. No? Should have done that. When you were celebrating New Year's with your family, when the – Ball dropped. Yes. What would your family do? Go, I, go to bed? I think it was just a – I think it was fairly quickly after that we would go to bed. Sure. Let me think. I mean I think that my parents would let me stay up. I, I, I'm trying to remember. I don't exactly remember what the age threshold was where I was now allowed to stay up and watch Dick Clark and sure. watch the ball drop. Right. And like as soon as that happened, they, I would we would go to bed altogether. Right. Um. But yeah, it was very, very low key. I think that uh, in my, if my memory serves, my parents' friends would have New Year's parties that I there think you as a go. kid, Jake and I would get dragged to, like the Laskers, the Ganachics <laughs> New Year's party. Right. And that was always really fun. Um, but I think that we would, uh, it, again, if my memory serves, and maybe we can have my parents confirm or deny this, I want to say that we would almost always leave before midnight. <laughs> <laughs> this is very on brand yeah. for your family. Yeah. I don't think we were staying. My parents aren't partiers in the least. No. By any stretch of the imagination. 
imagination. Right. So I can't imagine that we were staying up much past midnight right. on any of these New Year's yeah. in my youth. You don't really – your family doesn't – you're not big on presents. You're no. not big on like going overboard with mm. any sort of holiday. Underboard, if anything. So it makes sense to me that they would go to bed at 11.15 on New Year's. Reasonable. <laughs> totally practical. It's just another day in the year. Maybe, maybe that's unfair for them and we might get some uh, some responses from them. But I think that, yeah, maybe 11.15 or maybe 12.15 if they're feeling adventurous. I'm, I'm not saying my parents wouldn't yeah. go to bed when they're tired on yeah. New Year's. I don't think anyone should have to stay up until midnight. Yes. But. Now, you have never been to Times Square on New Year's. No, because I'm not an idiot. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, I watched it every um, TV. Yes. And that was fine. But yes. like, even when we lived in New York for 10 years, never. we would actively like stay away. There's Avoid some days. as much as you can. It's like the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Yep. It, there's like a drunk Santa Day in New York Santa City. Con. There's just a couple. Yeah. Yes. There's a couple days in New York where you know. Avoid Midtown. Just don't go into New York City. Forever. Period. Yes. And New Year's Eve is one of them. I know. It's like it's like living in New York for all those years. It's like December 28th or 29th. You can like see them start to set up the barricades. Right. And it like goes all the way from like 40th all the way up to like 50th Street. And you're like, holy crap. In but, 48 hours, this is going to be a zoo. And it seems very romantic for people who have never yeah. been to New York City that – Call it 30,000, 20,000, whatever it is, people spill into <laughs> yeah. Times Square. But what they don't tell you is that once you're, once you're in and you go into those barricades at around 4 p.m., you can't you leave. You're not going anywhere. And you can't, you can't leave. That's where you're at. And that means if you have to go to the bathroom for the next eight hours, you need to bring a device to go to the bathroom in. And there was like an expose on all of the people peeing who were jars. Pee, it's like There's like a peeing, a urine <laughs> epidemic. <laughs> In Times Square. Because you're right. The people are there for 10 hours at a time and you can't leave. It's like a security issue where oh you can't God. literally have rolling traffic. Once you're in, like you've been approved to be here, you're here now. And it's like, what? Like, you're going to start the new year with a urinary tract infection <laughs> because you waited for this big dumb ball to drop in Times Square. It makes no sense. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any particular, like, early, early memories of New Year's or, or something or a year where you thought, you know, this is going to be like a new year or something? It's interesting. One of the earliest associations that I do have with it, I mean, the song All Lang Syne is mm-hmm. the song that is like the New Year's song. Yeah. It's the song that's played. For all ingratians be forgot. Right. Exactly. And for whatever reason, and I think that it works on all of us, but I am a fully susceptible to the emotionality and how manipulative that song is and how that song immediately Pavlovianly inspires reflection. I love my friends more when I hear that song. Nostalgia. Nostalgia, everything. It's like that song works on me. It's amazing. It works on me. It's like the smell that comes out of like Burger King or something. It's like that sensory, like how you just react to it. Exactly. That song is, and you never hear that on July 15th. Exactly. And like that's what's nice about it. It only means New Year's. Right. That song like really only means New Year's and and to me and I think to all of us, it is meant to be associated with peaceful, pleasant reflection, hope for the future. God, don't you love your family and friends? It has been tough, but damn, it's been a good year. You're totally right. Old Anxiety is one of the examples. And you know what else is like a good kind of tenant of New Year's that I think we all just become suckers of? Yeah. We love countdowns. Countdowns! We just love to either count up or count down. We love it. That is a basic human impulse. Because we know that after one, we're going to get what we want. Like, we know the rules of the countdown. So, like, us dumb people are just so psyched to count down from 10 and then something kind of happen. God, that is so deeply profoundly true. We love all anxiety and we love counting down from 10. Counting down from 10. Yeah. Or counting up to 10. But honestly, counting down from 10 is way more more dramatic. Way more exciting. Way more dramatic. Because after one... It happens. You get whatever the thing that you've been counting down towards. It happens. That's when it happens. Right. Uh, and for in New Year's case, it is the it is the weird crystal Swarovski ball just 
touching the weird needle on which yeah. it lands. Yeah. I'd say in the second act, we try and figure out what, what that ball actually what is. What's about? going on with what? that ball? Good question. All right, that'll be the second act. Uh, <laughs> in the first act break, there's a song, Adam, and I know you know it too, that is kind of akin, for me at least, to okay. Auld Lang Syne when okay. it comes to New Year's. It's The Zombies, and it's called This Will Be Our Year. Oh, I love that. Oh, come on. I love that song. Okay, great. I just adore that song. Yeah, so we just unlocked Adam emotionally. Oh, I lo- that song is another one, man. That really cuts right to the heart of me. I do love that one. A- any optimist will like this Ugh. song. All right, so put a little hope in yourself and for 2017. We'll be right back with the No Joke Podcast. The warmth of your love like the warmth from the sun And this will be our year to a long time to come Don't let go of my hand now the darkness has gone this will be our year Took a long time to come And I won't forget The way you helped me up when I was done And I won't forget The way you said Darling, I love you You gave me faith to go Now we're there And we've only just begun This will be The Zombies, wonderful song, This Will Be Our Year, which is so, I mean, you're right. It has the, it plays me emotionally just like Auld Lang Syne. I listen to it, it every me. New Year's Eve, and I'm refilled with the same hope that I have for myself and the people around me's upcoming years every time I hear really, that song. really good. It works. Yeah. Some songs serve functions. Yes. <laughs> Some songs are, pra- are, are, are utilitarian and serve functions. This one is to unlock optimism. Right. <laughs> in, like, in like a folk way. Because yeah. like unlocking optimism, like there's We Are the Champions by Queen yeah. you know like real like just like triumphant triumphant big songs but there's not a lot of just like hey you can do it if you put your heart to it gentle just gentle nudging towards optimism exactly just some little pats on the back saying I believe in you you have a big you have a big life ahead of you hey, you can do it everything's gonna be great exactly just quiet pushing nudging nudging I believe in you, you. .com if you and believe you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that song was actually brought back into the zeitgeist because because it was used very effectively and um, in the last moment of one of the final season of Mad Men's episodes. Is that true? It was used geniusly to genius effect. Okay. And I think that that song enjoyed sort of a re-swell of popularity amongst people our age from Mad Men. I was – and I know like teenagers, for example. Yeah. Um, 
or I shouldn't say just teenagers, but emo music. Yes. Emo music yeah. is like literally built to make you feel a certain way. And yes. usually teenagers are the most hormonal, so to, it works the most on them. To make you feel emotions. Yeah. yeah. Just to, <laughs> and so I can be such a sucker for, for music that is just built to make you feel this I know. way. And to and, me, nostalgia – sorry, Bill. No, I was just going to say that. So I fell onto zo- the zombie song, that song in yes. particular, when uh, Obama was coming into office. Wow. And I found myself being particularly ripe – for music, music was having like when you're just sad or happy yeah. or anything. Music has like almost like greater impact yes. on you. Yes, and there was the song um, "I Was Born by the River." Uh, oh yeah, yeah sure. Da, da, a, change, Cook, a change is gonna yeah, come. Yeah, yeah. And th- that that other song, that, yeah. that was the other song, was just like you just I, associate that with that time. Oh yeah, yeah. It's really nice. Hopeful, something just a change is gonna come. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's a really good one. <laughs> it's really, really good. Yeah. yeah. It feels very much like the new year. Yes. Yeah. Um, and speaking of the new year, the tradition that we touched on in the first act of the podcast, this yeah. is the second act of the No Joke podcast. We are talking about New Year's. Yeah. And that confounded New Year's ball. Yeah. Why? What is it? We don't know. Why? We've said it on the first 53 episodes of this podcast. We're not experts on anything. <laughs> on anything. If we're bringing something up, you're not going to learn. <laughs> but we are asking the question. Sup with the ball. Sup with that ball, though. Why do we like uh, that ball? Why not just a big digital clock? Yeah. Just counting down from 10. Why isn't that enough? And, Why doesn't just the countdown suffice? And we are a nation that appreciates a spectacle. We like spectacle. Okay. And I, I'm not... I'm not saying that the ball dropping isn't a spectacle, but like during the Super Bowl, we have like fighter jets shooting over. We have people jumping out of parachutes, and there's all this spectacle happening. This ball drops slow. It seems old fashioned. It's a slow ball descending slowly. Exactly. It's like a it's a climactic crescendo from like a, from another era. Like that was how a century ago something would climactically crescendo. Exactly. It you, doesn't explode. Nothing shoots out of it. It doesn't even change color. You'd think that either the ball would be got shot out of a cannon something. or maybe the ball drops from the building and cracks in half and something comes out of the ball. <laughs> Seriously. Just give me a some, New Year's baby or something. 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 Some sort of big revelation for yes. 2017. If I had to argue why it is so impactful and why it is so iconic as the New Year's symbol uh, and again, I we are not experts. I'm talking half at my ass, but I do think that that ball is literally made of like Swarovski crystals. That it's like this price. The ball, physical entity that is the ball itself, is like this priceless million billion dollar thing for us to admire from five thousand feet below. Exactly. So I think it's like this thing of the Americans. Like it's just fancy, and it, the wow factor and the spectacle of it is how glitzy and expensive we know it is whack. and the danger of it whack, whack dude oh i'm with you whack, whack. i don't think that's an american ideal that we look up to this uh beautiful uh, token object i mean opulent thing i mean it, it i guess it is but it's just like that's so whack i'm a, i'm with you i think it's whack what would you think would be a more uh american like your america dropping from the sky that's on a really New Year's? that's a really great question I, I'm not. I'm trying to think. I mean, in the ball, in the tradition of the ball, what would I want to see? <laughs> I can go first, Please. unless you uh, unless you're going after you, Billy. Um, uh, same size as the ball, so okay. it still reads on camera. Yes, pretty hefty. Cheeseburger deluxe, big cheeseburger deluxe. Now the deluxe comes with the fries and on the plate. Yes, so well, it doesn't come on the plate. Most times it comes in the styrofoam packaging. Of course, you usually get in the cheeseburger deluxe to go to go. <laughs> yeah, but so you'll have the the giant cheeseburger in the main half of the the styrofoam. In the top corner, you have fries, and then in Thank the bottom you. corner, they'll just give you the lettuce, onions, and tomatoes. Separate, sold separately. Huge. Yes. Huge. And just slowly descending down for the people to eat. Okay, so this is my 
question. So it's functional in that we can we everyone gets a piece of the burger. Yes. Yeah, so you've been in That's Times excellent. Square. You've been in Times Square for eight hours. Yeah. Now. You're starving. You're waiting for these eight hours to count down from ten to take a bite of the biggest burger. You've been holding in, your pee jars for hours in the world. Yes. I mean. A cheeseburger deluxe. That would be a huge draw. If they were dropping cheese, if they were dropping a massive cheeseburger deluxe from the heavens yes. on Times Square, I would be there every single year. I don't remember what the context was, Adam, but you and I once <laughs> did some sort of video or yes. song or something where we uh, mentioned the cheeseburger deluxe. Yes. Okay. Sounds like us. Yeah. So then I went home back to Long Island, um, and I was talking with some of my friends, some of my kind of goon friends, yes. maybe their brothers or something like that, okay. and somebody came up to me. And they were like, I loved when you and Adam said cheeseburger deluxe. And I was like, oh, cool. And he looked at me. He's like, because when you order the cheeseburger, you got to deluxe it. And I was like, you're right. right. No one should just get the burger. Cheeseburger. You got to deluxe it. Literally must. Is that a regional thing? Is that like a New York diner? Is it calling it a cheeseburger deluxe? It can't be. Because to me, what deluxe means fries. That's what that means. Right. right? You're right. I mean, that's the only thing it means. Like the difference between a cheeseburger and a cheeseburger deluxe yeah. to me is the fries. Here's a call to action for the listeners at home. Um, if you find yourself in a restaurant, a diner, anywhere where you see the word cheeseburger deluxe yes. on your local menu, we're going to need a snapshot. Yeah, we need a snapshot of that. I- I'd love to see cheeseburger deluxes from around the country slash world. To me, that is universal language for fries. Yes. And, I- and I'm guessing, but I'm hoping. So please, our new fans who have left us comments from Lincoln, Nebraska, from Syracuse, New York, mm-hmm. uh, from all over the country, yeah. uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, please let us know. Do you guys mess with the cheeseburger deluxe? Sweet at us, no joke pod, yeah. with pictures of... Of cheeseburger deluxe on a menu. Yeah. So easy. Yeah, super simple. Yeah, that's a that's just a simple request. If the two words are next to one another, cheeseburger deluxe. We want to see. Take a picture. Send it to no joke. We want to see. Yes. So I think that is a vast improvement uh, from the the Swarovski crystal ball would be a massive cheeseburger deluxe. Now. Uh, now I've given having a second to th- think about it. Yes. And I think that what I would want would be it to be the ball. I like the ball. Okay. But I do think the, the shape ball, of the ball or the whole idea. Imagine it's the whole kit and caboodle. It is the Swarovski crystal ball, right? And it slowly drops and it drops and it drops and it drops and it drops. And as it hits the needle, as it counts down, it does open like a Fabergé egg, Thank like you. you were implying. Yeah, yeah. It opens. And a hologram of the most beloved dead celebrity from 2016 or whatever year it is emerges from the ball. In this case, I would posit David Bowie. Wow. So, for example, we're there January 1st, 2017. The ball comes down. The ball comes down. We're still counting. We love countdowns. Yes. Three, two. On one, Bowie. It opens. Dramatic steam, dramatic smoke. Mm -hmm. Young Americans, maybe, or a Bowie song would – and the whole reveal would be like, what dead celebrity is it going to be? Oh, it's that person. Poor Prince. Poor Prince. This is the problem. I know. Poor Prince. Who's who? Okay, so fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with this first. Ride with it. This is what we're doing for New Year's next year. Okay. Do you, Adam? You have you've you've pitched this initiative to the New York City Council, and they said yes. De Blasio like, bought it. De Blasio bought it. Thank you, Mayor Bill. I will not let you down. Okay. <laughs> In order to not let uh, let him down, yes. you need to have some sort of idea how this is going to play out. Yeah. Do is it all you? Do you decide who the performer will be? I think it would have to be a committee. I think that that committee would uh, be comprised of um, Grammy winners. Yeah. Other artists. Okay. Um, music journalists. Okay. Um, intellectuals. Okay. 
Uh, How many people are we talking about here? Fuckmaster Flex. Oh, Sway. drop a I'm, bomb on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, people in the music community who would have a say-so. Okay. Peter Travers from the Rolling Stones. So it's basically like uh, voting for the Cy Young in baseball. Kinda. Okay. Kinda. Exactly. Okay. Um, I would say – and how many people vote for the Cy Young about sports writers, 50. right? 50. So I would say a, a, a commission at around the same size. Okay. 50-ish people decide. Yeah. And, like, 2016 would have been brutal because you have Bowie. And Robin Thicke or Alan Thicke. You have Thicke. Alan Thicke, right? Right. And you have Prince, for God's sake. Yeah. And it's like, who is it going to be, David Bowie or Prince? What about Robin Williams doing a 10-minute set? <sighs> <laughs> okay, so I mean, this certainly does. The so maybe the, it opens the floodgates open when you talk about holograms. I, I wouldn't be surprised if New York had kind of considered some of the things that we're talking about, and after they had thought it through, they said there might be an easier way to not have to think of which dead celebrity <laughs> we're going to bring back uh, to appease the most people. What if? And just hear me out, guys. Yes. What if we used a living celebrity? <laughs> To just simply sing. And that, just the thing sing. is, they'll already be alive. And famous. <laughs> <laughs> we could just hire one who's alive and let them do the Let singing. them do it. But here's the thing, in real life. Right. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, that's true. Do you think uh, that uh, celebrities would be open to sitting in the ball for a couple hours <laughs> waiting to be dropped out and then them stepping Revealed? up? I'm not sure Mariah Carey is going to have the patience to – you're going to have to put a couple bottles of rosé in that big ball and hang her from the top of the whatever building that is. At least. Yeah, it would be sort of a David Blaine situation. Like who wants to be suspended in a ball um, uh, like above Times Square for I mean, hours that's waiting? Asking, that's asking a lot for the living celebrity. <laughs> I mean if they're afraid of heights, you can pretty much cross them off the list right now. Cross them off the list right there. Yeah. Um, if it's a living celebrity, that ball would have to be outfitted with a buffet, with a bar. There would have to be a couch in there. It would have to be oh, like, it's a little apartment. Yeah. Obviously. If it's a living celebrity. If it's dead David Bowie. If it's hologram prints, fine. It's just a file. It's fine. It's just a, it's just a, a JPEG. It's a file. It's just, it's <laughs> series of gifs on loop. Strap a projector in there. A couple exactly. HDMI cables. Happy New Year. So everybody. it's not really a full rebrand. I mean, it's a rebrand of the ball as opposed to a rethinking of the ball because right. it's like we got the Swarovski crystal ball. Might as well put it to good use. Seriously, how to put it to better use than it's being used now? Uh, cram a hologram in there. Seriously. Otherwise, okay. Hypothetically, we uh, replace it with cheeseburger deluxe. What are we doing with that Swarovski crystal ball? That's a, that's a very expensive buoy in the ocean. Serious. <laughs> that is a very the expensive, expensive buoy. buoy. <laughs> It's a very expensive David Bowie. <laughs> Come on, Bill! Uh, Come on. We can't talk about David Bowie this much and not play one of his songs yeah, in the act break. Uh, what song would you want to hear on New Year's Eve when the clock strikes 12 by David Bowie? Oh, gosh. I mean, Young Americans is one of my favorite, and it is one that fills me with piss and vinegar. Well, let's fill ourselves. <laughs> Adam, fill me with some of your piss and some of your vinegar while we listen to David Bowie's Young Americans. We'll be right back.
was the young American Standing right through the picture windows Finds his slinky vagabond Because as he passes a foot in the stain Heaven forbid, take anything But the freedom is title for nothing This is a step and cuts his hand Showing nothing, it swims like a song, she cries
That was Young Americans by the late and truly great David Bowie, one of the celebrities I would posit to the ball committee to include inside the ball for Dead Hologram Day. So you'll just probably have to wait until the end of 2017 to see if they have uh, picked up Adam's pitch. Yes. The expression piss and vinegar. Yeah. I'm full of piss and I'm full of vinegar. That's a good thing? I think it means I think it means go get him a toot and energy. You're charged up? I think it means you're charged you're up. You're hyped. I think it means you're hyped. Okay. I'm really it. glad that we asked the listeners of No Joke to go onto the podcast page and write I'm hyped and not I'm full of your piss and vinegar. <laughs> I think I think the pronoun yours was problematic. <laughs> I don't think I Is think it, it is it I'm full of my piss and vinegar? <laughs> I think I just was piss and vinegar. Well, well, <laughs> You're just like I'm full of piss and vinegar. I think for not for it not deliberately not to be gross and for it to be not literal piss and literal vinegar. I right. think it's more the idea I'm full of capital P piss and capital V vinegar, which is like uh, I'm full of moxie. <laughs> <laughs> but if anyone out there, uh, mainly my two parents, again, who use this phrase quite frequently, could tell us what are the origins of piss and vinegar and yeah, because, why does it mean energy? Agreed. Because etymology is important because there was somebody at some point that was full of piss and vinegar <laughs> and was behaving in such a way that the people in the town were like, hey, is – when somebody else started behaving like that, they said, is that guy also full of piss and vinegar? Dave is really full of vinegar these days. And Jeff also might be <laughs> full of piss and vinegar. <laughs> and before you know <laughs> – where did that expression come from? Uh, yeah, that. so please, no joke anthropologist, please let us know yeah. uh, where the phrase full of piss and vinegar comes from. Because right. we certainly don't know. And I use it a l- way too frequently to not know what it means. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> no joke podcast, third act, which means that we're talking about the future yes. of New Year's. For the past few years, uh, we have gone over to our dear friend Chris and Rebecca's house because Rebecca has a New Year's tradition that she has in, uh, introduced – to us. Yeah, I think so. Is it a Miami or a Cuban-American tradition? I think it or might be Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico. I think oh, it's yeah, Puerto that would Rican. make more sense, right? Uh, apparently in I, – I do think it's Puerto Rico. Uh, Walter Mercado yes. is like a psychic, like a Madame Cleo type character who tells the future like a Nostradamus. Very flamboyant. Super flamboyant, really weird. If you look up Walter Mercado uh, – Great Google image. Oh, Great baby. Google images. It is a – he has a, a face that I could only describe as – Horrifying. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't interrupt you with another yeah. person that I know who kind of looks like that. <laughs> oh, God, no. I mean, just to me, it's like he's super plastic surgery and looks like a weird doll. Miami gone wrong. Miami gone wrong. Um, so uh, Walter Mercado has all these sort of fun, weird, uh, in, in an effort to help you usher in a lucky new year, has all these strange and ast- astrology sign-specific traditions that you need to do, whether you're a Leo or a Cancer or a Capricorn, etc. But uh, they're I'm, not just like uh, take care of your health. No. It's like carry a chicken 15 feet while wearing purple socks. Exactly. Eat three grapes in rapid succession at 11.52. Right. It's like stuff like that in order to have a prosperous and lucky New Year. Right. So it's a bunch of wacky traditions. So that's been our sort of more recent New Year's tradition. Right. Um, what are we going to do going forward? I don't know. <laughs> I would say that this is one New Year's, man, where we are ready to ring out the old year. It's yeah. like you usually ring in the new. Yeah. Let's just squeeze out yeah. everything that happened last year yeah. and hit the biggest reset button we can find. If possible, we would love to hit the reset button right. on Earth. Right. And if we can just start a little bit fresh with 2017. I mean, it's been memed that it's just like 2016. Yeah. Like the words 2016 has this like heavy connotation. Uh, uh, and of course, November 8th and 9th made it feel heavier. Yes. But even before that, particularly 2016. Stressful. Was just a 
dull hammer hitting yeah. us over and over yeah, again. Yeah, it wasn't great. It hasn't been it hasn't been the best unless you're a Cubs fan. Right. Fair. <laughs> unless you're a Chicago Cubs fan. Right. That is I think that is the only subset of the American population that is unequivocally stoked about S- 2016. Still blinded by joy. Stoked. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. Fair. <laughs> Fair. That's almost really it. Um but it will be harder I find. I I imagine to drum up uh the excitement that like usually is easy to fake yeah. on, on New Year's Eve. Great great point. You know what it's I mean? Like people have been sort of ground down by this up and down year. News events haven't been great and it's just been and, – and also like it's like – it's tertiary. But like all the dope celebrities who have died is truly like losing Prince and Bowie. These were all before November 8th and 9th. Is the, brutal. It's 2016, which is rough. Yeah, really, rough. really brutal. Florence Henderson, Mrs. Brady passed away this year. I mean, it never ends. Yeah. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. Right. So, yeah, we're ringing this baby out before we turn a big new page to 2017. Right. We need some star babies born in 2017. Yeah. 2016 was marked by celebrity death. Yeah. We're going to need some great babies getting Seriously. pumped out, just getting us ready for a couple good years. Truly, like <laughs> we said, we're sex positive on this podcast. <laughs> folks, smart, funny, interesting, cultured, nurturing folks, get out there and make babies. going to need you to start procreating. Got to have you procreating here. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, 2017. Yeah, what comes? What comes? What comes? Who knows? Um, any, any direct goals for you? I mean, I got to tell you, mm. and I'm not even, I know that we touched on this in the fitness episode, but we have a tough mutter to encounter at the end of March yes. that is going to be a one of the first major milestones of 2017. This is going to be huge. Major, major. So you have run half marathons before, is I that right? Two half marathons that with is the aforementioned Rebecca. So impressive. Well, thanks. 13 miles? 13 miles, yes, but on concrete sure. and with sneakers. Yeah. And uh, but I'm just saying that you have you've been yes you, you've set a very big goal yeah and you've achieved it that's twice. true that's true this is going to be a different type but I think that this is what uh, we are good at yeah we're good at saying we're going to do something whether or no whether or not we know we're going to be able to pull it off yes. much like the rap albums we put out yes. for years this podcast for instance we exactly yes we focus. And when it's done, we look back admirably. We just did that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm stoked. So that that is a that is a hurdle and a challenge that, honestly, I am genuinely a little nervous about. Yeah. And that's how I know I can't wait to achieve it. Yes. That will be in March. We will have podcasts leading up to it oh, all course. about the Tough Mudder that you and I are going to do. Yes. Yeah. So that'll be great. Yes. Um, I don't mean to put you on blast, Please. but 2017 is also going to be a time where people can see you on your as a series regular in your first television show, yes, which I think is uh, very lovely. Well, thank you, Billy. I, we have been shooting Jake Weissman, previous podcast guest, uh, and Matt Ingebretson have ri- have written this wonderful show called Hampton DeVille that will be on the television box in summertime. Yeah. And we've been shooting that uh, right now, actually. Exactly. Presently, yeah. And so, so it's that like, will be a nice little thing for 2017. Exactly. Yeah. When you say, like, what, what does the future hold? <clears throat> yes. In our industry, it's funny, but the future is like what the future holds is usually what we did a year ago. I guess that's true. You know what I mean? It's the thing that you shot eight months ago is what next year has in yeah, store. Which yeah. Which is fun. Because I think it's going to be a really great show, and I think people are just going to love to watch you every single week. I appreciate the bell. I have really high hopes for it as well, and it's been such a wonderful experience thus far, and I do also think it's going to be great. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that element of 2017 for we sure. might as well hammer the name home one more time. It's called Hampton DeVille. Hampton DeVille. It's and going to be on Comedy Central, I think, in June. Not positive, but sure. perhaps in June, which, as I mean, at this pace, is but like 4.5 billion internet stories away. Right. <laughs> it's like, That's true. <laughs> so, uh, we briefly touched on resolutions. Yeah. You and I are uh, not exactly uh, not superstitious. Not really. Um, we do like setting goals and stuff. Yeah. 
I wouldn't say that doing the Tough Mudder is necessarily a resolution because that is going to happen. Yes. Like, I mean, like, that's not like us against us. There will be a March 25th and we will have to drive to San Bernardino. And it will happen that day. Right. Yeah. I find a resolution to be more like um, some sort of, I don't know, more tangential goal that is you versus you over the course of time. Yes, I agree. And so have you ever done a resolution? I mean, not in any formal way. And when kind of put on the, I always, uh, this is the contrarian in me, whenever it's sort of asked to, and put on the spot to be like, and what are you going to improve about yourself? My instant defensive reaction is nothing. Right. You know what I mean? That's my, always my intuitive thing. However, as I've gotten older and not such a contrarian teen, okay. um, I would like, and the thing that I kind of tell myself at the beginning of, at the end of the year, or when I feel like I need to improve upon is I am constantly striving to stay more present and just be more present How in so? my life. I find I'm constantly distracted by my phone. I'm pretty prone to ADHD automatically, just like innately. So I, I really do strive to sort of like combat these natural instincts of mine to be hyperactive, full of piss and vinegar, and quite distracted. So and you- I would like to I would like to quiet try to constantly strive for a quiet mind. That's all. And I know that's like a weird ethereal kind of California hippie to be thing to say, but I think that. Uh, when you say being present, does that mean where you are and who you are with, you want to give them your full attention? That's right. As opposed to feeling like you're doing multiple things at once. That's right. Wherever you are, there you are. Mindfulness. Okay. And like that, you know, meditation and, and these – and I think that meditation would be something that could really aid in that. And Have you ever meditated? Maggie and I give it a, a good college try. How so? Uh, well, we went to a transcendental meditation class, okay. like an initial – like, and if you're curious, this is what it is. Um, we never really followed – up on it we didn't really practice at home maybe for like two or three days we would spend 15 minutes sitting quietly and just focusing on our breath and that was it um and and that's really all it is was that the college try that you were just referencing that's it like the three or four days of being like we're gonna do this and then after four days being like i'm bored bye (laughs) so like and that exact impulse of the i'm bored bye that is exactly what i'm trying to combat right right so (laughs) unless it's boring unless it's boring and then you should just say i'm bored bye that's right right um but so that is just sort of like weird loose kind of a ethereal goal resolution that i have is to always be striving to stay present be mindful yeah Try to limit distractions. I can appreciate your apprehension towards doing – like starting a resolution because a calendar day says right, to or right, something like that. Right. I've never related to people who on their birthday suddenly start go in like a panic spiral yeah. and they're like, these are all the things I need to start fixing. Yeah. Or like Lent. You have to like yes. abstain for 40 days of eating like your favorite nacho or something like that. Calendar-inspired reflection. Yeah. 40 days from eating your favorite nacho. It's like if you have the feeling, the internal desire to change this thing about you, start. Right. Start now. Don't yeah. wait until like April 15th or whatever. Right. Right, right, But I guess there is something to be said for having that just thing on the calendar that says my diet starts tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? Or at least like there is – and because New Year's is so simple. It's not a hol- It's not anything. It's it's just symbolic. Right. Like the, new, the flipping of the calendar. Calendar page right. from 2016 to 2017. Like we're humans, we invented the calendar. It's all a construct. The sun just rises and sets. Sure. We're calling it New Year's. Right. So like that is so. And I think it's, but I don't say that in a pejorative way. I say that because as humans, I do think we need time markers exactly. and reminders to improve. Exactly. That could sound cynical, <laughs> yeah. but but we're both aware that we also need these constructs. Need it. Otherwise, we'd go crazy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I think that New Year's is a kind of a brilliant, and I find it to be a welcome. calendar construct of reflection. Uh I appreciate Uh that it is a mandated time to reflect and consider what you might be able to improve about yourself. Yes. I kind of appreciate that. Okay. Because I'm not really thinking about, I mean, like, I don't know, it's good to have your feet held to the fire, 
even if it's by Ryan Seacrest <laughs> or Dick Clark, and be like, think about yourself. <laughs> even, if David, even if it is David Bowie descending, <laughs> dropping, being projected. Even if it is that. That's perfect. Reflect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year, everybody. It was a rough one, uh, but let's make 2017 much better. Let's make it way, way better. Yeah. And we hope that you keep listening to the No Joke Podcast because one of the things that we will certainly be doing in 2017 is more of this. Yes. Yeah. So thank you for 2016 for listening all year. Truly. I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lusting. That was the No Joke Podcast. And as always, we will talk to you next year. Thank you so much for listening. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs> 